morning. Welcome to the Australian Early Finance Briefing for Saturday, the 7th of November. My name's Nick here in Melbourne, starting with a recap of Australia's airline industry. This week we had news that Rex has leased some of the planes Virgin used to lease, so they've obviously had to repaint them and all that, but they're leasing about half the cost of Virgin Airlines. So they're paying 60 grand per month per 737. They're gonna lease 10 of them. Obviously Virgin wants to get their fleet size back down to how it was under Virgin Blue. Now these planes, yeah, they're just over 10 years old, but Rex is snapping them up for a bargain. And it's looking like Rex is really, you know, serious about capturing this intercity east coast network competing with the virgins and the Qantas planes so that yeah, the golden triangle brisbane sydney melbourne and the good thing that rex has going for it is it has much lower costs not only is it paying half as much for the plane usage but its labor costs are significantly lower apparently they pay their stuff much less they've got much you know smaller head office much they have fancy lounges, all this. So they're really you know, well positioned to be able to you know, properly undercut the two incumbents in that market. And speaking about Qantas, they've launched nine new routes in this last week on top of one they've launched in July. And they're in city pairings, you really wouldn't expect Qantas to fly. And I guess it's a factor of a couple of things. Firstly, you've got a lot of planes not being used with the borders being closed, you, you know, not many Melbourne Sydney flights. There used to be one every 15 minutes. Now there's one a day, soon to go to 11. But you've also got the domestic demand. So, you know, Australia runs a $40 billion a year deficit in tourism spending. So even if they capture a fraction of that deficit to be spent additionally here in Australia, that's very bullish for the sort of leisure routes. And these extra routes do sort of reflects of some sort of leisure travel, but yeah, that's definitely a combination of border closures and and the fact, you know, they need planes running, they've got job keepers, so they might as well utilize that free labor and, and if they can do that with just to cover the cost of running the planes, it's worth it. So the routes they're running, uh, Canberra Cairns starting later this month, Canberra Hobart starting next month, Canberra Maroochydore or the Sunshine Coast starting next week, Sydney Launceston from next month, Brisbane Hobart from next month, Sydney Marimbula on the south coast of New South Wales from next month, Canberra Gold Coast just over summer, Brisbane Port Macquarie they want to do but they can't with the border closure, and then Orange to Sydney and that, that's been running since July. So it's, it's quite an exciting time in the domestic airline industry. You've got You've got obviously Rex launching these intercity routes, and then you've got Alliance buying extra planes. They've got new planes being delivered, so more of these regional airlines really picking up the the pace. And you've got these new routes being operated, and who knows what will happen? Dare I say, some probably won't last forever. This the economics of a Sydney Launceston is probably a bit hard to justify when Melbourne sort of reopens, but who knows and it, it may just sort of make a new level of connectivity across australia which is really exciting moving on to esg investing a topic we touch on quite a bit but it is really a booming part of the investment space and there's more and more sort of measures and stats coming out just showing how much of a booming asset class if you want to call it that it is so for example of the s p 500 index the financial times mentions that now 75 percent of the s p 
500 companies at least report some element of, of ESG, whereas in the past it was only a, a very small fraction of that. So very promising there. In addition, we've got news that BlackRock's are launching 27 new ETFs related to ESG just this year. So massive growth there. And then also MSG, MSCI ESG, the index provider, they have a lot of ETFs linked to those indices. And the assets linked is now at 71 billion US, which is up from only 25 a year ago. So almost tripled there in just a year. In addition, MSCI's ESG and climate products, the revenue they're making from all this is up 46%. So crazy there. And it's also worth considering, okay, if all, a lot of this money is going into sort of the, the dumb products in ESG, so all the, the ETFs and, and those sorts of things. What are, what are these ETFs buying? And once again, it's biasing tech. Tech's typically ESG friendly, particularly big tech. You know, Apple's got carbon neutrality pledges and all that sort of stuff. So what, what's going to be impact, particularly if, if it really takes off in the US, where is all this money going to be pouring? Dare I say, into a lot of tech companies, and unless other sectors really lift their game, then that sort of bubble may persist in that sector. So interesting times there, and something to really consider. Moving to the markets now, about an hour before the US opens for its Friday trade, the S&P is down about 90 bips, and the outcome of the election has still not been determined. Dare I say, that will probably have a big shift on markets when that is announced. That's your update for Saturday. Have a great weekend. This podcast is for investment professionals only and should not be relied upon by private investors. The podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. The values of investments can go up or down, so you may get back less than you initially invest.